0: But I, what are we getting out of it? we just uh, trying to build peace, or are we I, getting oil? Well,
1: well, initially, there's no oil in Afghanistan. There, oh, uh, there's okay. oil in Iraq. I think initially we went there because the bin Laden and his ilk yeah. went there after 9 11. The United okay. States government asked that they uh, give them up. And they said, These people, I guess, we're not giving them up. We went in and said, Okay. Uh, we we gonna uh, and Taliban was one that was in power at this point, and they the military went in and, and defeated the Taliban, and then of course Bin Laden escaped over to Palestine. I mean, a uh, uh, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was that. Now, for a while there, what we wanted to do was to build up the Afghan security force because they really didn't build up military to the extent that they protect themselves and also not allow. Al-Qaeda, and that those terrorists can come back into that area and be able to attack in America. This is the love that makes me
0: strong. This is the love that makes me strong. This is the love hello and welcome to dad daughter dialogues an opportunity to lift up me and my dad's relationship through discussion about politics current events and whatever else we can think of we hope that this will inspire you to share and chat more with your dad be it your biological father grandfather stepfather like a father or any other variation i am your co-host Aish Deberry berry with my dad who just got a new iphone 12 Roy DeBerry.
1: Which I'm trying to learn to use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why we got started a little bit late, you all. But of course, if you're listening to this on one of uh, one of the podcast episodes, it doesn't matter when you hear it. So again, it's always good to be with dad, so it doesn't matter. But just so you know, he has a more advanced phone than I do. Here,
1: <laughs> here. <hear.
0: laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get started. Um, just so you all know, you would have heard, unless you're on Facebook Live, an intro from one of our distance cousins um, who goes by Classic Entertainment. You may also see them on Instagram as Classic Care, and that's K-L-A-C-C-I-K Entertainment. It's a husband and wife team who really have created, I mean, this jingle Uh, just for us and so my cousin is a classically trained cellist and so you will hear a lot of those sounds in our intro and outro so thanks again to classic entertainment we always want to just lift them up for that great jingle that they provided us with indeed so we have a lot to talk about let me just tell you dad before we got on this podcast had a long (laughs) list (laughs) of stuff (laughs) for us to talk about and and trust me and do note it because it is a lot going on right now i'm sure even that we originally started this podcast because we were in a pandemic the first go around and that was almost a year almost a year and a half ago um where we first started this and to see where we've gone yet not gone um is something to be talked about at, at length so we want to take this time to just kind of talk about a couple of things that are going on that have literally just happened honestly in the past couple of weeks but I wanted to start off with talking about seminary because we want to dedicate this podcast to the, also if you don't know famous Dr. Randy Bailey who is a former professor as I know him at the inter- Interdenominational Theological Center here in Atlanta, Georgia, and he wanted to make sure that we at least talked about my lifetime or my journey as a part of my life in seminary.
1: Well, here, here, Aisha, and you're absolutely correct. I'm glad to see you uh, dedicate this uh, podcast to Randy because if you recall, uh, on Father's Day, I had mentioned you had gone to certain elementary school, high school, um, middle school, and off to college. And of course, knowing Randy being my friend and classmate, sent me an email saying, well, you overlooked her going to the seminary. So uh, (laughs) we want to make sure we we cover that today. But before we cover that, you mentioned that there are a number of issues out there that's uh, that's current. One is we started this podcast, as you stated, uh, back in April, March of 2020. Mm -hmm. after you had donated a kidney, when we were in the height of the pandemic. Now, we had hoped, after we had done 20 or so of these things, 21, 22, that we would move on to another subject. However, it's almost back to the future. Yeah, Um, We are now with this uh, second, uh, well, not second, but fourth iteration of this virus. And, of course, this most recent one, the variant, the Delta virus, is just just a, a killer. And primarily, it's a killer of the people that's unvaccinated. And it's also a killer of the young people, uh, healthy young people. Just today, before I mentioned Lee Vance, um, just read an article from Tallahassee, Florida, of a large church. I don't know whether these people are affected at the church or outside the church, but about 6,000 members. Mm-hmm. It was just pointing out that in this small group that they were in, about six people um, contracted the virus and died, all under 35. Wow. And all apparently healthy and all apparently unvaccinated. So this is a, this is real. And yeah. uh, Mississippi, obviously, and we'll talk about that in a minute with, with respect to the festival, is undergoing uh, a real surge at this point. Yeah. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to say two things. One, Lee Vance, a very good friend of mine, and somebody I think you know, uh, who had been an officer and the police chief there in Jackson, and was recently. Um, uh, Brought in as Hind County Sheriff, he elected as Hind County Sheriff in 2019, died of COVID-19 last week. Yeah, and had a funeral for him uh, on yesterday, and he was only 63. Wow. So this notion about the the virus being only for the people over 65 is just not is just not the case. Another issue is Haiti, and we have a obviously a nephew Gary
0: uh, mm-hmm. that married
1: to our uh, niece Sakita. A wonderful young man and of course people watching Facebook and those uh that know the family know know Gary and know Sakita well they just had this uh, awful earthquake in uh, Haiti yeah. um at this point somewhere around 800 people confirmed they had probably gonna get much higher uh on the south part of the country. Gary is from Haiti uh, yeah. I called him a few minutes ago to ask about his mother he said his mother is safe however she's unable to, because of the downlines and be it power lines and be it's transportation or be it telecommunication, cannot get in touch with her, with her, her relatives. And so we pray and hope uh, that she's at least able uh, to get in touch to find out whether they are still alive or, or not. So again, um, just want to remember those uh, two very serious issues. We'll talk more about Afghanistan later. But let me just ask you, right? We, we, we talk about me all the time, and you always talk about the fact that I don't want to share a whole lot. Well, right. You know, people know that you've been to uh, Northeastern uh, University, got a degree in economics. People know um, that you went to a law school in Tennessee, and you are now obviously a lawyer working in Atlanta. But what people don't know about you is that you actually went to seminary. <laughs> so uh, I don't know whether you want to be a nun or a priest or. <laughs> Jack Lady preacher, but in any case.
0: Ashley, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were waiting to hear Jack Larrick preacher.
1: <laughs> but, but in any case, <laughs> you you uh you went out to, to seminary school <sighs> and, and a great school with a great tradition, uh CME tradition, although it's inter-denominational, right? Yes, correct. So correct. there are all kinds of denomination at this center. And my good friend who is a who is a who's a, who a renowned professor, uh Randy Bailey, uh was one of the uh, teachers there and of course we have a mutual friend and minister uh freeman right okay, who was your classmate and who is now a minister and who was my minister here at oxford for a while mm-hmm. Lovely young preacher very astute young man and and uh, we're very proud of him so why don't you tell us about seminary and why you decided to go to uh to seminary school
0: yeah absolutely first of all dad is the black donahue um i think he likes that i think you like interviewing now don't you Yes, I do. (laughs) So, uh, Hopefully, listen, Dr. Bailey, I hope you are listening to this podcast because we are dedicating this to you. And I think a part of um, this process, too, is, you know, Dad and I get a chance to learn about each other. and, And I think hopefully you'll get a chance to see that it's important to have conversations with your loved ones because I think we take it for granted many times that we know each other or that the other person knows us even though they've been in our lives all this time but I think that was again another reason why starting this podcast was so important to me Um, so going to uh, ITC I will say ITC stands for the Interdenominational Theological Center if you just uh, tuned in to the show but it is located here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I reside. It's a part of the Atlanta University Center. So it's a part of morehouse Spelman, Now the reinstated Morris Brown. Congratulations to Morris Brown yes. and Clark Atlanta University. So it's within that, that uh, consortium, which is very unique. You don't find that in uh, anywhere, I don't think in terms of an HBCU consortium. So uh, I had the opportunity to go there when I finished college at Northeastern, I went on to work at Northeastern for some time. And right before uh, graduation, actually two weeks prior, my sister passed from breast cancer awareness, um, from breast cancer, I'm sorry, very young. Um, And as you can imagine, many of you college graduates and congratulations to you all, because I'm sure you all may be where I was then, especially in the times that you are now, is really just trying to find myself I had graduated, just so you know, around 9-11. 9-11 had just happened a month before. So I was actually dealing with 9-11. And I'm sorry, not a month, about seven months. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I was also dealing with the death of my sister. So that was a lot I don't think at that time we we celebrate and lift up now the importance of mental health and self-care, but that wasn't really highlighted then. So a lot of us were just trying to figure it out and find our way. And for me, I really leaned into my spirituality. And so I thought, you know, it would really be nice for me to just spend some time in seminary. And I'll tell I, I'll share this, I'll share this with you all because dad actually didn't know this. I always wanted to be a nun growing so up. Didn't. I didn't t- <laughs> I didn't talk about it, but I just was enamored when I would see nuns or see priests, in particular Mother Teresa. During that time, like in the early 90s, late 80s, Mother Teresa was on the TV a lot. Um, she was doing crusades, she was going all over the world of course we all know she did a lot for children and she gave selflessly and so that just always attracted me and so i think that was kind of my first outlook of um someone giving themselves so selflessly and being very spiritual with it so all of that i shared it with dad that i want to go to seminary and dad goes well you know i got a classmate down in atlanta at itc i had never heard of itc before." Um, but he said, well, since you're going to be in Atlanta, you should go over there and visit Dr. Bailey. That's his name. And just so you all know, that is so matter of fact, he's just like, just go visit Dr. Bailey. So I show up on the campus. I go to his, you know, go to his uh, office and he, I mean, dry as dry can be Dr. Bailey, if you're listening. And he was like, so why you want to come to seminary again? <laughs> Now, mind you, I'm thinking I'm going to go into this place like Mother Teresa. Oh, you know, it's going to be all heavenly. I'm going to be floating on clouds. No, I come in and he's like, so why you want to be here again? Because you know, it's some jack leg preachers just like that. You know, there's some preachers in here. They ain't about nothing. And I'm like, that is not how I envision coming to seminary. But he was like, no, nah, no. Nah. So I, I'm just, I'm just joking. What do you know? What do you want to do? And so. He talked me through and introduced me to admissions and all of that. So long story short, um, I grew up Christian Methodist. So at ITC, it's interdenominational. So you have in particular, which is very unique to uh, the Black spirituality, religious experience. So we had Baptists, we had Christian Methodists, which was formerly color- colored Methodists. We had African Methodists there. We had UMC, and then we had Kojic. And so each one of those groups had their own school within the campus. So for example, I was CME. So I went down a CME track. CME has certain requirements. Like you had to make sure that you took Greek, you had to take Hebrew, because those are the requirements. I don't know if they're still the same now in order to become a CME preacher. Um, So you know, Kojic may have had something different, Baptist may have had something different, but many times we came together and worshiped in the same chapel. So we got a chance to see, that was my first time of kind of knowing, like the Kojic folks always did the ministry of music. Now, as we know, Kojic people love to sing, and that's how it was. Kojic were always there. Generally, Baptists tend to preach at our chapel. Generally, CME or UMC or AME were more the teachers. They were mm-hmm. more Christian education focused, that you would find them doing the Sunday. Um, Sunday school, if you will, or the Bible study. So it's just interesting to even see within the Black community or the Black church experience, we even have sex. So that's why it's so important that we realize we're not a monolith, Mm -hmm. um, even when it comes to spirituality. And I will say that's the first time, and I've shared this with so many people, if you ever have the chance, especially if you're in Atlanta, to attend or take a class at ITC, I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you do that. Just because you really get to see Jesus and God in so many different forms. I had professors that would talk about Jesus being black, many, if not all, Um, many that talked about God possibly being a woman, Mm -hmm. Um, people talking about Jesus or, or relationships within the Bible dealing with same gender relationships. Now, everybody wasn't buying into that, let's be very clear, but it allowed um, a broader view of what many times growing up, not to assume, is very narrow when it comes to our spirituality and religious practices, in particular in the United States. So um I really enjoyed it that it was one of the and I share this like I said with so many people it was one of the best experiences I've had and I definitely want to return because I did not finish and that's a whole nother side story that I won't put on Facebook live or the podcast but it it really uh brought me closer to um God it helped me realize that people as pastors are merely people they are not to be idolized because once you begin to idolize someone, they can easily disappoint you. And then you're leaving, for example, you're leaving the church or you're leaving fellowship or you're leaving your spiritual practice because of one person. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair to you in terms of your journey, but it's also not fair to maybe your children that really enjoy being at church or your spouse or someone else. So it really, again, helped me to think very Broadly, but yet collectively, and encouraging about the Black church experience.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. And I have been enlightened. And I hope that some of the audience has been enlightened (laughs) as well. It's interesting you mentioned Mother Teresa, because even though I had, there had been a Catholic school in my hometown of Holly Springs, and I had known Catholics growing up, Uh, I just had not, and I knew uh, kids that had, you know, uh, become nuns and, and priests. But I just never saw you uh, in in, in that. But so that's something that that I I learned as well. The other piece you mentioned was Randy. Yeah. uh, And what Randy brought to the table, and I think what you talked about earlier, was uh, he was an expert in Hebrew. Yes. And a scholar, Hebrew scholar, particularly in the Old Testament. And so uh, he and the other bishops, obviously. Uh, there's a bishop that was also an expert in Hebrew, and I think they, they knew each other as well, and yeah. had been also involved with the seminary. But the other thing you mentioned before, which I like, is this notion of the music part, the preaching part, and teaching part. And one of the things that the CMEs have always emphasized, at least since its founding, was, it, was emphasis on education right, and, and, and emphasis on learning. And then you know they established a number of historically black universities right. in this country. Yeah. And, and then the seminary that you just mentioned is another of those black institutions that was established by the seminary church, but by others as well. Right. So it's interesting though, you were able to sort of separate out the spirituality as opposed to the other stuff that goes on in a church yes. or in a seminary. And I think you wouldn't get that. Necessarily, unless you went to a seminary, right?
0: Absolutely. Because Absolutely. You get the impression
1: that all these preachers, all these bishops, all these high polluting uh, church officials <laughs> are all spiritual, right? And so, but, but you find out that, that there's another dimension having to do with money and power <laughs> and, influence yes. and position. Now, all yes. churches do that, but I think it's important for the Black church because sometimes we just get the impression. That black folk is just all spiritual, yeah, and all about God and all about Jesus, and they are not about all these other things. I think what you find out at an early age doesn't make you any less spiritual, right? Right, that's right. It just just gives you a perspective that you wouldn't otherwise have. So I thought that was quite, uh, uh, how can I say, insightful for me. Yeah,
0: and I mean, I hear a lot, and I recognize, you know, there has been some junk going on in uh, specifically the black church there listen i am fully aware there are a lot of things to uh work out this whole patriarch art system you know of you know certain denominations saying a woman can't preach and all this other foolery going on um but i i will say this and i've had discussions about this before to not neglect the black church because the black church has done so much for our community yes so much and continue to do so much now granted every church is not doing it i get it i totally get it i know a lot of them talk about this prosperity gospel no one's feeling that i get it but also don't discount that one experience or maybe that two or three experiences that you've had that have been negative because there are so many black churches still being active in the community still giving to like you said that higher higher education institutions, they've done so much for our community. So to neglect them and turn your back on them, to me, is just negligent. I just feel it's just negligent. And it hurts my heart because I know now, again, but that was having an experience of going to ITC and being able to separate man from fellowship or man for collective healing and collective praying. So I'm able to do that. I recognize everyone can do that. But this is my plea in public service announcement that try a black church again. If you were involved, maybe you had a negative experience growing up. Maybe you spent seven days a week and you were still trying to figure out why the church front door can't lock, but y'all got, you know, pie sales every weekend and fish fries. So I get that, but still give the black church a chance.
1: Well, no, you're absolutely right. Historically and to this day, even given the recent, because of the civil rights movement, which was also church inspired, right? Uh, Inspired by the church. But if you factor in all the black folk, especially young black folk that have been able to break through some of the barriers economically and achieve the American dream, quote unquote, or to become members of the the middle class, or in some cases, the upper middle class. And in some cases with with the celebrities, even the upper class. The bottom line is that if you think about institutions historically, as well as now. The two major institutions mm-hmm. that were founded by Black folk that have had the most influence on Black folk and the rest of this country have been the Black church
0: mm-hmm. and
1: historically Black institutions founded by the Black church. Right. So you are absolutely right. right. We should not ever uh, forget that. But we should be trying to do everything we can, even if we're not spiritually connected, to support those institutions. But because those institutions do so much more that you just outlined in terms of developing the whole person, whether it's academically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's mentally, you know, whether it's economically. That's been the institution, and that institution has been stable, and that institution, matter of fact, is still the institution with the most wealth, really. Yeah. Uh, in the black community. So yes, it's not to be taken lightly.
0: Absolutely. And special shout out to Lynch Street CME Church in Jackson, Mississippi on 1175 Lynch Street. I believe that's still the address. <laughs> Correct yes. me if you're wrong, but I grew up at Lynch Street right on the street from Jackson State University. And those were my first Easter speeches, my first opportunity to sing a solo, my first time to be able to do a dance in front of a huge crowd, my first job, really. I mean, I had a couple of outsides, but consistent job where I played the piano, the same two raggedy songs, y'all. By Center the way, I must, there's a
1: footnote here, by the way. Aisha <laughs> started with the uh, piano and then went to cello. And yeah. uh, she was paid a fairly significant salary as a for playing those two songs. <laughs>
0: Yes, and who else would do that but at a church? You all know the truth. Nobody's hiring a a child to play for Sunday school two songs and paying them. Okay, so that was my first, you know, experience with a job and showing up on time and being consistent. And I got to teach kids. That was my first time teaching without a degree. I mean, you just had in a church. You really, in particular for me, just had the. uh, opportunity to experience so many things and try so many things and get support um and so again that was my experience i know everyone doesn't have the same but again like dad said even if you can't walk into the church at least think about supporting or or giving money or time
1: and i don't want to say to our facebook audience out there as well as our audio uh people that'll come later that we want to encourage our issues to go back and and after she finished doing her law work to fit, go back and get her, her master's degree yeah. in uh, Christian education, because I think it's something she started at some point. It can be good at it, I think. You love yeah. working with people, you love working with children, and you have that spiritual component. You're my because you gave a kidney to my nephew uh, early on, and you talked about Mother Teresa, a great example. I mean, even if you don't come a nun at this late stage, uh, <laughs> She is still somebody that you can look up to in terms yes. of the values that she um, exhibited uh, her entire life. Yes. And uh, we need more of that uh, in, in today's society. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate us getting that little piece out there.
0: Yes. Okay, Dr. Bailey, we gave you a lot of airtime today. So, we want to get those comments, and you better be a dis- subscriber, Dr. Bailey. And, and um. well,
1: as his <laughs> wife, uh, Jean, I think she is a subscriber yeah uh, to us, and now we just have to encourage the, the good professor to do the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, so, Absolutely. as you point out, Aisha, there's been a lot going on nationally with the COVID stuff, yeah. nationally and internationally as well as locally, and just in terms of COVID, we you know we talked about Vance dying, and we talked about the case of the folk down in Tallahassee, young people, yeah. and uh, dying and not being vaccinated. Uh, we also mentioned earlier that we had a major book festival coming yeah. up in Jackson on the 21st of August. Uh, 20, uh, 178 uh, authors from all over wow. the country and the world had been invited and confirmed to come to this festival. It was gonna be the sixth uh, one. that last year it was, it was canceled because of COVID. Uh, I had been invited to, to come and to present on the panel uh, our book, Voices from the Hill Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were expecting somewhere between ten thousand five and ten thousand people. They had sent out all kinds of notices about the fact that they wanted people to space. They wanted people to wear masks, and they were trying to encourage people at least who were coming to get vaccinated. Right. What they could not control though, are people who would come uh, to the festival who may not have been vaccinated, and so therefore they decided that or the the founder and the board decided last week uh, to cancel the festival. And I said to you earlier, I was not a happy camper.
0: He was not, Uh, he was
1: mad. And because I think, you know, even from a religious standpoint, uh, we talked about this being four surges, four Mm -hmm. iteration of this virus. So how many times back to your spiritual component, does God have to say to us, you know, as a people, uh, you know, i give you one, two, three, four, opportunities to yeah. do this thing and yeah. for whatever reason because of your stubbornness and your cantankerousness or your evilness just decide that uh, you're not going to do not so much citizens to protect yourself mm-hmm. what about the children what about the other people who uh, may not be able to take the vaccine because of age or whatever uh and we say we believe in god many of us we say we believe in jesus many of us then uh, we say that the first commandment is to love God. The second commandment is to love our brother
0: and our sister.
1: So that means we sacrifice for our brother and sister. And when I hear people say, well, you know, what's in it for me? Uh, I'm not going to do it because I, whatever. But but don't we feel an obligation that we are in this together, that we're in this community together? Um, As I said to you earlier, you know, America has this entrepreneurial spirit. They had that move west cowboy mentality. I think that works a lot economically, right? Where you can go yeah. out there and start your own business, even though I don't buy this notion that you don't get help from somebody, but we still buy into the notion of entrepreneurship, which is good. When it comes to public health though, that's a that's a community thing. Right. Right. Because that means that it's 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 community. It means that we're all our brothers and sisters keepers. Because right. if you sick and I don't and you don't get well, you're gonna make me sick, and vice versa. So how can we work together to make each other well? So that's the point. That's why I guess I was a little uh, upset because I just saw the selfishness on the yeah. part of so many people who have had the opportunity to step up and do the right thing. And for whatever reason, uh, many of them, somewhere around 65% in Mississippi, still are non vaccinated. So we right. had to cancel this major event because of a recent surge in our state. So yeah, I was not a happy camper.
0: Yeah, and I know that, you know, at this point it's starting to feel a bit hopeless because we recognize that even though you see people dying every day, younger and younger, you hear stories about people dying. You know, if you don't know a doctor or a nurse in your close proximity of your, of your family or loved ones, You, I'm sure, have even read how they are exhausted and overworked. There's no beds available. Um, And so they haven't even had a moment to take of rest uh, because, and and with all of that, it's just, like you said, it's so unnecessary. And I think about this too, even for the person that says, I don't want to be vaccinated. Okay. At least wear a mask, check your temperature, make sure you are stay stay home home or something. And and also these institutions should be taking a collective effort to protect the buildings that they run. For example, Ashley and I had the opportunity to go to Panama a couple of weeks ago, and we could not walk in any place, restaurant, store, without getting our temperature checked they visually seeing us put on hand sanitizer and us wearing a mask over our nose and over our mouth, not this situation that we see all the time, but like this. And we even sometimes we will walk into the store and not do it because we're so used to being in America where it's willy nilly, no one's asking us what to do. So I thought even if we weren't vaccinated and we are, they are at least taking the precaution to say, if you don't want to do it, then we are still going to make sure to to heighten the level to protect the other people in this space. So it's a collective thing, but it's it's just not it's just not happening here. Yeah, it's
1: not happening. It's a collective thing, but I will say this, and I'm optimistic about that. You may have heard because I think it made the news from a sports standpoint, and I you know people talk about doctors talk about incentives, and I have no problem with people being given incentives to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I have no problem with that. Anyway, the word went out that um, the football team at the University of Mississippi, known as mm-hmm. the Ole Miss Rebels, um, decided to vaccinate at 100%. Now, what drove that? What drove that was some team members said, look, we want to play SEC football come September. Right. And if you, knucklehead, decide not to get vaccinated and get positive and come and affect us, I mean, we don't get a chance to play, we're gonna to have to fall for the game. We may have to fall for the game with two. And that's gonna mm-hmm. have an impact on my career. And my a chance to maybe go on and be drafted number one or number two. So they put the pressure on each other and say, yeah. look, you are, you should go and get vaccinated if you want to be part of this team. And they got 100 percent So the same thing with cheerleaders and you know other the high school football teams. Mm-hmm. And I, I use that, the athletic thing as an example because of teamwork and being part right. of the family, right? So right. it sometimes it takes that sort of thing, other family members, other team members, other colleagues saying, do these things as opposed to some somebody in Washington or somebody in uh, Columbus, Ohio, or somebody in Atlanta, Georgia, or somebody right. in the townhouse of Florida trying to make a decision for, for you. Your family, your doctor, your friends, your colleagues, those are the ones probably going to have the most influence on you. And they're the one that's going to put the most pressure on you because they feel that you you going to mess up my life and my career because you decide, quote-unquote, to do something very differently with respect Absolutely. to public health. Anyway, so there are some good incentives out there, too.
0: So, I mean, what I can say is, you all who are listening, please be safe. Please check in with your family members and loved ones to see if they have taken the, um, taken the COVID vaccine, Uh, you know, guide them to take it and take them to the location, find out, send them the information, send them a text, send them an email. And even if outside of that, we have our own family members as well. Cause uh, you know, I'll speak for ours that um, have said they do not plan to do so. And again, we're in America. We can't tell nobody what to do. Right. However, Again, if you decide not to, then you need to stay home or you need to take all of the precautions, limit your interaction with folks, make sure you're socially distanced. Because again, I recognize that we're in America. And until, like you said, collectively people choose teamwork, until then, if you decide to be the single woman or man out, make sure you either stay at home and stay as far away from those who have chosen to collectively get this thing moving forward.
1: Thank you. I don't want to belabor this point, but I will say this that given example that I just gave about the people in Tallahassee at that church, uh, apparently they had some uh, opportunity where they set up shop to kill people fascination. And I understand that within a very short period of time, they have now invested a thousand people
0: in that church.
1: So again, it took six or seven deaths of people in the immediate community to drive it. But the fact of the matter, it it did happen. And and that's a plus. So to your point, um, uh, well, I want to say one last thing on this subject and that yeah. is you know we we all grew up in America and some of us have a little sense of the history of America and America's a democratic republic as we've had all kinds of sessions on that. There's nothing in the constitution that talks about unlimited rights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The constitution and this republic say that you have rights but they're not unlimited you cannot drive a car without a license. They don't They hmm. don't say to you, I want you to volunteer to get a license. If you don't drive, if you drive and get caught without a license, you're going to get fined or arrested. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. In Mississippi where people hunt a lot, they have to have a license to hunt. They fish, right. they have to have a license. Uh, before you vote even, people require you to show ID. Right? right. There are certain things that you do. So there are limitations on your rights. So I don't know, I don't want us to leave for a moment here today Uh, with the impression that while I support fully the notion of America and what America stands for, but this notion of having unlimited rights is nothing but fantasy. There's no such thing as unlimited rights.
0: Oh, yeah. And you all, we know half of the stuff we have eaten, especially the Black folks on this live If you've eaten it, that vaccine is just going to be quite all right. Okay, all we do, we know what is in a McDonald's hamburger. Do we want (laughs) to know what's in a McDonald's hamburger? I think not. So with that being said, that's just a small example for all of those that are out there saying, well, I don't know what it is, nor do you know what's in a Burger King hamburger or a Whopper, nor do you know what's in Kool-Aid. It's
1: called, you know,
0: we know Kool-Aid.
1: It's called faith. You know, one of the reasons why people pray, back to your spirituality, one of the reasons why people pray before they eat is because there's, a, there's always a possibility of a virus <laughs> or a bacteria, right? So you you pray, you ask God to give to, you know, to the faith to get through this bad beat if it's bad. So right. yeah, You know, I mean, it sounds like humor, but there's some truth to that.
0: It but is. That's just
1: one thing, and we're not going to take a long right. time on here because it's going to require another b- podcast, but Afghanistan. And the reason why yes. I know it is because a lot of my friends have served in Afghanistan, and you probably know friends or family members that have served in Afghanistan. And you know, right. the United States, I think, made the right decision to pull out. However, uh, this notion that somehow they didn't know what was coming is nonsense. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Taliban has been organizing uh, for a long time, and they are they, they are there. They've never left. They went into Pakistan, and so on, and so on. But the, the the bigger point is that. Lesson learned. Do we ever learn? So we spent like a trillion dollars over twenty years in in uh, Afghanistan to prop up a, a corrupt government mm-hmm. uh, that apparently has not been trained, even though we put all that money in there. Saying, we and we've been
0: them. propping them up because of the but, oil, right? Right.
1: Well, they got that much oil. i do oil in Afghanistan, but it it does have a strategic location. The bottom line is that after all this is over, uh, these guys like the president. Tucks his butt and run. He mm-hmm. leaves and goes to a best of staff. Right? Yeah. And, and the bottom line is, you got so much corruption. Uh, you got people now that are coming in. These, these uh, fighters, is just nobody's fighting. Yeah. I mean, they're, just, they're just dropping their guns and saying, Bob, Bob, come on in. Yeah. The sad thing about that is, all the people that have sacrificed, you know, soldiers particularly, lost their lives, family lost their loved ones. For what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All this money for what? Uh, I I subscribe to a position that Bob Moses, my good friend and and, in the country's good friend, who died not long ago, who used to be involved with SNCC in Mississippi and the Freedom Summer and Cofo, he said, "Do not do for local people what they can do for themselves." So Mm -hmm. you help local people, but you can't really take the place of local people. Local people themselves have to decide what kind of country they want, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can help them provide technical assistance, support, but you can't go there and, and the military did what they're supposed to do. But the other problem is nation building. We have, not, mm-hmm. we have never done a good job of nation building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a problem in our own nation. Let's, let's concentrate on trying to build this nation right Right. And right. support a country like Afghanistan. The sad thing about us all is the women. Because these, these jerks, you know, they're not really nice people. Yeah. And when they take back over, you know, one of the first things they're going to do, I think, contrary to Islam, is, is put all this crap in place about women can't go to school, right. women can't do this, women need to stay at home. Kind of a feudal society. right? So nobody in the 21st century wants to see a feudal society. And I'm hoping, and this is hope against hope maybe, that there have been enough women and enough people in that society now who've been educated and informed and enlightened and Mm -hmm. consciousness raised to the level that they will decide that they're not going to put up with a lot of this crap that went on for centuries. Now, who knows how long that may take? Will there be some uh, destruction? And will a lot of people find themselves in a desperate position in the short term? Absolutely, yes. Uh, But the United States uh, cannot continue um, to, to stay there. Now in terms of strategy in terms of the drawdown, we're not going to talk about that. That's up to the military in terms of that. But the fact of the matter is that we have na- not nation bill. yeah uh, that was not the objective. The objective was to go in and get bin Laden yeah and, and, and al Qaeda and all these other people that caused 9/11 that you talked about earlier, right and right? Most of those people came from Saudi Arabia by the way, but they ended up being protected in Afghanistan. And yeah. so rightfully so, we went in and said, you let those people go or we're we coming in. And we did. The military mm. did a good job. But you stayed there for 20 years yeah. and ended up with this result. Right. That's oh, what I was going to okay. say, that
0: everybody's not a huge history buff like you. And you're about to turn to Dick Gregory, where you start talking and okay. everyone is not understanding what's going on. So give us a little bit of a history on, number one, why have we been so involved? There's got to be some reason outside of us just wanting to help other people well, or figure well, out what's I, going on. And well, why well, have we been so involved well, for 20
1: years? Well, I don't know about that, but I do know that there are three lessons we all learned. One is that uh, Napoleon... Uh, Attempted to deal with this country, and uh, ended up on a jump heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Russian went in to try to deal with these folk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They end up leaving, and we ended up involved with these folk, and we end up leaving. Yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough neighborhood. Yeah, Afghanistan is a tough neighborhood. It's surrounded. But by what people.
0: are we getting out of it? we just uh, trying to
1: build peace. I, I, or are we I, getting well, oil? Well, well, initially, there's no oil in Af- Afghanistan. Oh, uh, there's okay. oil in Iraq. I think initially we went there because the Bin Laden and his ilk yeah. went there after 9/11. The United okay. States government asked that they uh, give them up, and they said these people. I guess we're not giving them up. We went in and said, okay. Uh, we we gonna uh, and Taliban was one that was in power at this point, and they the military went in and, and defeated the Taliban, and then of course Bin Laden escaped over to Palestine. I mean, uh, uh, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was that. Now for a while there, what we wanted to do was to build up the Afghan security force because they really didn't build a military to the extent that they protect themselves and mm-hmm. also not allow Al Qaeda and then those terrorists to come back into that area and be able to uh, launch an attack on us mm-hmm, in America. So that part made sense. Right. The part that's been difficult is that we had some opportunities, I think, to build some coalitions or to to uh, uh, work some diplomacy with the Taliban because these are the majority. They're the ones that going to end up... They, they are... That's their home, right? Yeah. Now, we don't like them. They are, they are nice, nice people. But sometimes, as you know, when you deal with other countries, you got to make a deal with the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly if you could avoid a situation that we now have. Got and it. as I said, this is a complex stuff. It's got a lot of history here, a lot of people in laws. We'll spend a lot of money. We, we achieved the military goal. Yeah. But in terms of diplomacy and nation building, those things have been a failure. Yeah. That's all I'm on yeah. this.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, state, I will say that I am not as much a history buff as dad, but I think it's very important and current events, I should say, not just his history, but current events, because this is current what's going on. But it is important for us to take a world view because I think many times, and I'm kind of pivoting a little bit, um, we as Americans just see the news in America and are concerned with what's going on in America. Even though we have a lot of things we need to fix, I think it's important. We also know what our allies or uh, er- other areas that we're supporting around the world and that we're knowledgeable about that, including myself. So I'm saying that to myself as I'm
1: saying it to you all. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Everything is, inter- is interconnected. And even though you know, people might not know where the country is or care a whole lot about the country. We, as human beings, and as I said before, we're connected, don't want to see women that make the kind of progress and children that make the kind of progress in Afghanistan in terms of going to school. And yes. that be just completely um, you know, put, push back and say, okay, you cannot do this anymore because yeah. it's a violation of uh, Islamic law, which I just don't buy. I don't think there's anything. And I got a book of I got the, the book, uh, uh, the Quran, sorry, Quran here. And I go through the Quran on a fairly regular basis. Cause I try to educate myself about not only Judaism and Christianity, but about Islam as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anywhere in that book. It says women ought not be educated. Right. Or and dad, power in office.
0: and now you know, it's so, I was going to say, number one, you all, dad is a huge woman is feminine. So go women, girl power. Um, Absolutely. And also, I think as well, we take for granted just the freedoms that we have. I know we have a lot that we still need to work on again here in the United States. But for me to have the freedom to be able to go to school, to get further educated and educated on and on and on is, is yet such a gift and a privilege to have. And so, um, so thanks for just bringing that up there in regards oh, to Oh absolutely. And That wasn't there.
1: always automatically, you know, just like yeah. when African people that eventually fight and make the country better. They get rights for, uh, voting, get right for education. Right. The women didn't always have that right either, but because of struggle and because of protest and because of standing up over time, people changed this society. And I think the same thing can be, can happen in Afghanistan. If people continue to Uh, Around the world, do not forget them and continue to put the kind of support uh, and pressure on them that you can as nations that believe in democracy and believe in human rights. Because when people suffer in Afghanistan, we suffer here as well.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, of course, we just heard about yesterday, just to transition on some other things that are happening outside of our country, is the earthquake that hit Haiti. And just the devastation that is currently there now, there was an earthquake, as you know, in 2010. Um, and so they never fully came back from that earthquake and then yet for it to hit again. Because as I, if, if I recall correctly, and correct me if anyone is on here and, and I'm speaking out of turn or speaking wrong, that that earthquake prior to wasn't as close to the city. And this time, it was a little bit closer to the city. So there has just been kind of this overall devastation of the country. Um, Of Haiti currently.
1: Absolutely. And I think there again, there are certain things that are what you call acts of God, and there are certain things that the human beings themselves do. This assassination of the president just took place without an act of God. That's something human did. Uh, With respect to poverty, that has to do with history, right? Because one of the things that I was talking with Gary today, because Gary was saying that there must be some conspiracy. How is that one country? can have to, have to suffer so much tragedy. He was asking that question rhetorically, kind of looking for an answer. Right. And I was saying to him, I don't have all the answers, Gary, but I do know we know some of the history and we know some of it's man-made, but some of it's not. And as we move forward, because we've had a lot of people to reach out to help Haiti, but yeah. it's gonna be important uh, going forward that the people in Haiti themselves decide that they're not going to accept corruption, They're not going to accept when money comes into this place of it being not distributed equally among the citizens. Because at the end of the day, the Haitian people, like the people in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, got to find a way to now have a different future from what they have had. But other nations, other people have to help them in that process. But the Haitian people got to take the lead.
0: Absolutely. And that's such a good point. I think I heard that this morning where, I mean, Haiti shares the same islands as Dominican Republic. And yet it's still, you know, this natural disaster went right through again, um, through Haiti and with all the devastation, just, you know, I know in my heart right now, them coming back is going to be a, a, a tall feat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, well that I mean, I think, We did not solve the world's problems, you all, but we try to at least talk it out. We try to highlight some of the things that are going on, not just here, but in the world. And in in that, Dad and I get a chance, of course, to learn a lot about each other. What I will say in regards to Haiti, I'm hoping and praying that there will be some organizations that you can trust In terms of sending support to and if by chance those come across my screen or my social media i'll be sure to share it on our pages if you want to donate or support and may not know someone directly that is from the island or that is here in the states that can send money on your behalf so i'll make sure to make a pledge to do that as well and then of course please say no and, and keep vigilant about afghanistan i know many of our troops have been sent over in the past couple of weeks i know that ashley mentioned to me even one of his colleagues husbands who's a a physician has just gone over so our prayers go out to our, our service people who are over in afghanistan who've been over there for many years and those that are being deployed as we speak so we send out love and light to all of those people going over love and light to our haitian brothers and sisters and of course, love and light to all of our first responders, physicians, healthcare workers, front front door people that are just hanging through this pandemic. Well put. Yeah, Thank well, you. thanks, Dad. You know, as always, it's good. I'm going to interview you next time, Dad. <laughs>
1: no, now we still have one more to do on you. <laughs>
0: So you all, I thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope Dr. Bailey, you were able to uh, get all that you needed. We touched your point and all those that are on Facebook live. I appreciate all of y'all's comments. I saw them coming across. I think Caroline from Australia is on here. So hi mate, how are you doing on the other side of the the ocean? (laughs) And thank you all to all my other friends that have joined on. I really appreciate it. So on Facebook Live, just so you know, we're actually going to close out so that we can go ahead and edit for our actual podcast. If you would like to contact us, email daddaughterdialogues at gmail.com and let us know how we're doing as well as what you'd like to hear us discuss. We are now on Facebook Live and on Facebook at Dad Dialogs, or you can Instagram us. At dad daughter dialogues, so you can make a comment there too. As mentioned earlier, you can look out for us to be in. One of two cities, either in Atlanta or Oxford, Mississippi, we plan to do in the future, very future, God willing, um, an in-person podcast with a few selected folks. There we will sell our merchandise and we'll also help you with becoming a subscriber. If you subscribe, it helps to keep our podcast going. It also will bump us up, hopefully one day here soon, to be one of the top 100 podcasts in the world. We appreciate you tuning in and we ask that wherever you are, be and stay
1: Thank you, Aisha, and how uh, can like I say one love? Uh, by the way, speaking of that, you see Aisha is a star, so please support <laughs> this podcast because we want her to be the number one podcaster in the world. So please no. support
0: <laughs> <laughs> both us. Take care, everyone. Thank you all.